Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 299. 299. Can't believe we are on the verge of 300. I mean, are you not entertained? Hopefully you are. KB coming at you from Underground Studios and joining me for the very first time on the main show. You've seen him make appearances on streamer season, and he is the host of the Unplugged Shot Clock Instagram series on our Instagram at Underground PHI. The one and only Richie Rivera joins me via the voice line. What's going on, brother? Welcome to the main pod. I'm happy to be here. What's up, KB? So before we get into all the goodness that is our Philadelphia 76ers, the Eagles coaching staff finally coming to life and we kind of know some names, this show would not be possible without our incredible Local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our homies over at Tomahawk Shades. You see me wearing the Blue Light Plus glasses each and every show. Tomahawk Shades started by two brothers as we're recording this right now on Monday night. It is the Tomahawk Twins' birthday, so shout out to the Tomahawk Twins. Two brothers started this company because they didn't want to pay an arm and a leg for those big brand name sunglasses, so they're like, we're just going to make our own with the same quality, same you know sustainability, just for a fraction of the price. You only get one set of eyes to protect them from those UV rays, protect them from the blue light rays. TomahawkShades.com, fill up your cart. 27, 48, 92 pairs of them, no matter how many are in there. When you go to checkout, use our promo code USP to save 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. And right now, for a limited time, free domestic shipping on all orders. It's TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off your order. And of course, you guys know they signed on with us for a longer-term deal. Very excited to have the homies from Manscaped supporting Underground Sports Philadelphia. And if we didn't know, now you know. Our three-year anniversary just so happens to be on Super Bowl Sunday. So I got to ask you guys, are you ready for some football? Because the biggest game of the year is upon us on February 7th in Tampa. And it's time to get your balls feeling super. Our partners at Manscaped are here to tell you to join the already 2 million men who trust Manscaped products for their below-the-waist grooming needs. Take Gronk's advice. Yes, Gronk is a Manscaped athlete. Take Gronk's advice and shave your Super Balls. Use the best tools to reduce nicks and cuts before the best game and choose the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Included is the Lawnmower 3.0, which is simply the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced. Don't settle for unnecessary roughness below the waist. It also has waterproof technology and a 90-minute battery. Guys, believe me when I tell you, this is the Super Bowl champion of ball trimmers. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant to keep your nuts in the game all four quarters. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a boost in clutch time. Manscaped even threw in their Shed Travel Bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs are also included and will bring your boxer game to the next level and then the perfect thing to lounge in as you're watching the big game next Sunday. 
Complete your top-to-bottom grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. It's a whole new balls game this Super Bowl. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your Super Balls will thank you. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. Tackle your pre- tackle your pubes and win the Super Bowl in your pants with Manscaped. And guys, our newest sponsor that's on board as Richie is absolutely cackling over the Manscaped read just like everybody does with these new reads. But our newest sponsor on board with us is Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. The fastest growing craft spirit in Pennsylvania that's headquartered in Old Kensington, Philadelphia. It's currently closed due to COVID, but when things are back to normal, you best believe you'll be catching us at Stateside Vodka because they have a full bar, restaurants, and they offer distillery tours weekly. Richie, you know those vodkas that are on the shelf? They're like four times, maybe five times, even six times distilled. Get them out of here. They're, they're nothing compared to Stateside because Stateside is seven times distilled, it's certified gluten-free, and it's blended with electrolytes. This is the first vodka on the market with a mineral composition that's on the same spectrum of electrolytes found in your favorite sports drink that just so happens to begin with a G. It's the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. As awards for their, They've won awards for the best package in the world, and let me tell you, the bottle, the label, the packaging for Stateside Urban Craft Vodka is second to none. Go to statesidevodka.com to purchase your vodka. The one-liter bottles are the only ones that are effective with our promo code. Promo code USP to get 10% off the one-liter vodka bottles at statesidevodka.com. That's statesidevodka.com. Promo code USP to get 10% off the one-liter vodka bottles because that's all they can legally discount. Must be 21 or older to order. And, of course, please drink responsibly. We got a lot to dive into. We're going to kick it off with the Philadelphia 76ers as we record this on a Monday night. And for whatever reason, Richie, the Sixers can't win without Joel Embiid as they fell to the Pistons in Game 2 of this miniseries. First time that they have not swept a miniseries this season. Uh, And they lose to, by record, the worst team in the NBA. Absolutely. Going being against getting beat against a four and 13 team um, with a team that should be as superior as the 76ers on paper with doc and the front office and the two superstars that they have missing one piece of that puzzle should not be uh, a deciding factor on being able to beat a team like the Detroit Pistons. Now Detroit though, I mean, Every game this season, though, they put up a good fight against really good teams. It's been really close games. We saw that on Saturday when the Sixers played them with Embiid, how close it was. Uh, it's just like similar to like Milwaukee and teams last year that were number one in the East. Um, they should be able to just curb stop these teams and just move on from these series. And we just didn't get it done. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Saturday. They, they end up squeaking that one out with Embiid, and that was a game that, again, like they should have been able to close that out and win that game handily, but for whatever reason, this Pistons team, they just know how to frustrate people, and they they just go super big. They have like 12 big men on that roster, and uh, they looked at what the Sixers did last year and was like, hey, we're going to you know hold my beer, and we're going to amplify this to the umpteenth degree and have every single player on our roster be a big man, but... You know, after sweeping the Celtics, I was feeling very, very good about this team because it was like, you know, they swept the Heat. They had that hiccup against the Grizzlies. The OKC game gets postponed. They regroup. They go out and, and really flat-out dominate the Celtics. Like, there were there were hiccups in those games that it was like, all right, you know, they, they were able to bounce back, and we saw big-time flashes from everybody uh, in those games. And then the Pistons game comes around. It's like the Pistons are nowhere near – the competition that the Celtics are, but for whatever reason, they gave the Sixers fits, and I don't know if that just adds into you know these being road games and the road game woes continue 
with this team that carried over from last year. They're three and five on the road as opposed to nine and one at home. Um, but losing a game to the Pistons is just not ideal, especially when the top of the East, you want to continue to build as much of a lead as possible when you have the Celtics, Bucks, and Pacers, and the Nets, you know, all within a game and a half of you. You want to continue building upon that lead, and games against the Pistons are those types of games. You know, you have a game against the Timberwolves coming up. That's a game on the road that the Sixers need to take advantage of and win. You get the Hornets again very soon. The Pacers, who are up and down, they're switching parts in and out on that team. That's another team on the road that you need to take care of. And if these road struggles continue for the Sixers, it's like, how are they going to, you know, in the playoffs when it really matters and they're on the road, depending if there's no bubble or whatever, how are they going to go on the road in the playoffs and potentially, you know, close out a series if they can't win these games right now? You know, even down one player and you have a competent backup in Dwight Howard, you need guys like Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. And, you know, for right now, the way he's been playing, you need Shake Milton to step up and be making shots, draining shots the way that he has. And he seems to have gotten into a funk as soon as Ben Simmons has, like, hit his stride and, and kind of had, you know, a couple of good games back-to-back here. But tonight was just, you know, they played zero defense against a team that they should have been able to dominate, you know, no questions asked. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as Sixers fans, we already are aware of the on-the-road woes. I mean, that's not something new that we've experienced in the past. I mean, look at last year. I believe we won 19 games on the road alone or something like that. That wasn't something that a Eastern Conference contender is. But this team, I forget who said it on Twitter, and I want to give credit where credit is due, but like they said like this team goes from a Eastern Conference contender in the league, and they're one of the top teams. I believe they're number three or four right now in the ESPN NBA ranks. But then when Embiid is not out there, they're like a lottery team. Like, it's so crazy how one person, yes, Embiid is your franchise, but so is Ben Simmons. And the money that you pay Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris is one of those franchise players too because they went all in on him and they gave him that max. Like, those players do have to step up. Now, don't get me wrong, Tobias Harris has been pulling his load where he can. Like, he, I think he had 28 points tonight. Like, he was the highest-scoring sixer today. But like Ben Simmons, he had played seven minutes in the first half. He was in foul trouble right out the gate, and he had three personal fouls. He had to sit out the rest of the first half. He only had seven. He only played seven minutes. He didn't have that many points. And at one point in like the third or fourth quarter, he only had two boards and two assists. Like that's some. Yeah, but when you're going up against teams like Boston, you're especially Brooklyn, where you have the big three of KD, Kyrie, and Harden now, where we missed out on him. Um, it's just, it's just like, you, you'll need Embiid. Now will this on the roads and need him because Dwight Howard, I love Dwight. Dwight is a good backup center. Like he's the best backup center known for Joel Embiid in his career, but putting him in the, on the starting lineup is just not the best option for this team. Um, you saw Tony Bradley today, like he started the second half and he had a really explosive second half getting a lot of points, going to the free throw line, getting boards, you know, doing everything he can, getting fouls on Blake Griffin, doing all these things that he just – it's just like something that we were missing. But Joe needs to get back, and he's needed greatly in order for this team to be as successful because they're 12-2 and when he plays, but they're 0-4 when he doesn't play. And it's one of those things that, like, Joel's not going to play every single game, and obviously he's going to do his best to – play in every playoff game when it truly matters but if there are circumstances where Joel Embiid can't play you can't just go into a game and pretty much assume that it's going to be chalked up as a loss like that's how it feels every game that Joel Embiid doesn't play and don't get me wrong like this team is still playing very well they're in first place in the Eastern Conference still so like I'm not harping down too drastically but it is an issue where Every Sixers fan goes into a game when they know Joel Embiid's not playing, just like, all right, I know I don't have to watch this game because it's the same old song and dance with this team whenever Embiid doesn't play. And it's almost like it's just an automatic loss in our book because we know what happens. Like, I don't know what it is, but 
Ben Simmons, whenever Joel Embiid hasn't played over the past two years, it's just like he almost disappears. And these are the opportunities where you would think he would come out, you know, full-fledged, ready to rock. And he played 21 minutes, you know, on Monday night and only had 11 points. And like you said, you know, he had two boards and two assists at one point. He only finished with four boards and four assists. So it's not like his production around, you know, the rim and dishing the ball were, you know, through the roof to make up for his lack of point production where he had 11 points in this game the other night against the Celtics. He had 11 points in the fourth quarter. So, like, we've seen that explosiveness from Ben Simmons multiple times throughout his career, but we haven't seen a dominant stretch from Ben Simmons, like, taking over games and, like, saying, like, I'm ready to go, like, I'm going to be the best player on the court, like everybody expects him to be when Embiid's not out there. Since the 16-game win streak, like, two years ago, when Embiid was out, with you know the the eye injury when he got elbowed in the the eye from Markel Fultz during that 16 game win streak when like Marco Bellinelli and Ersan Ilyasova were here so like something needs to click with Ben Simmons that I don't know what it is but whenever Embiid's not out there the past couple of seasons it's like he just disappears into the shadows and then it's almost like you're playing four on five basketball yeah it's just the thing that with this team like especially now that you know that like Embiid, I mean, everybody knows this. Like Embiid is on an MVP run, and that's noticeable when he's on the court, and that's definitely obvious when he's off the court that he's the most valuable player on this team alone. And you know, like when he's not there, that this team is built like the playbook is played around Joel Embiid. Like you know, every time that that ball's in his hands, like and he's in the paint, or he's in the post, or he's in the mid range, or even when he's at the three point perimeter, or he's at the line. He is going to make points, and he's going to get you points on that end of the ball, and he can go to the other end and be dominant on the defensive end, guarding that paint, protecting the post, blocking the basket, doing everything he can. It's just like, it just seems like that team just has Embiid's playbook, and then when he's not there, that book gets put on the shelf, and then it's just like, good luck. Like, I don't know if that's just a coaching thing that the coaching staff needs to, like, Sit down and think because, of course, this is a full scope issue that the team needs to figure out. And the good thing about this team this year than it was last year is that this team now has more accountability when it comes to situations like this. You saw Doc during the Grizzlies game a few weeks ago. Like he said that this team deserved to lose because of the turnovers, and they had like almost 20 turnovers that game. Tonight, I don't know how they did it. It must have been some sort of magic that they only had nine turnovers compared to 18 from Detroit. Um, but it's just something that they need to sit down and it's probably pretty certain. And it's probably already set in stone that Embiid's going to play on Wednesday when they play the Lakers. But it's just games after that. Like you're like, like you said, the road trip that they're about to go on a three game road trip. If Embiid for some reason cannot play or one of those games is a back to back, like, Who's going to step up? Because right now, I mean, Tobias, he's the second leading scorer. But it really, in all honesty, it should be Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. Like, you're that second star. You are one of the reasons why Doc and Maury and everybody wanted to come to Philly is because he wanted to work with Joel Embiid, who is one of the best big men in the league, like, number one. And then you – and there's that and – Ben Simmons. It's not the or game. He didn't come to work with Joel Embiid alone. He wanted to work with you. Like, you got to work with them. Because eventually, if for some reason you're not producing and you're not showing up in the times like this when he's not in there, that's going to be um, – it's not going to be pretty in, coming, in the coming weeks, If especially with the trade deadline looming. And Maury is already in the works with some trades that he's talking to Doc with. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the schedule moving forward. Obviously, Wednesday night, they have the Lakers coming to the Wells Fargo Center, and then they go on that three-game road trip against the Timberwolves, the Pacers, and the Hornets, and then you come back home for two against the Trailblazers and the Nets for the first time with James Harden, but then you go out west for a four-game road trip before you come back home again. Like, you have a majority of your, your next slate of games on the road, you got to figure you can't go into 
you know, what is it, seven road games in the next nine games or ten games, whatever it may be. And, you know, we can't feel like this team's going to lose six of the seven road games. Like, it, it can't be that way. You can't you can't have your your playbook, like you said, set up for when Joel Embiid's in the game and then when he's not, it's like, all right, we're just going to riff and we're going to wing it and see what happens. Like, there needs to be some sort of accountability put together by the coaching staff and by the players on this team knowing when Joel is out, it, it can't be like this, like, woe is me detrimental shock that makes this team look like they're playing AAU basketball. It, it's it's mind-blowing how different they are without Joel. And yes, Embiid is the MVP of the league right now. And it shows, like we said, when he's on and off the court, and he creates opportunities for the rest of this, the guys on this roster. But, you know, you look at, at the stats from tonight. Sure, Tobias Harris had his points. He had 25 points in 30 minutes. But then your next leading scorer was Tyrese Maxey, and he put up two three-pointers in garbage time. So you take those out, and your next leading scorer is Tony Bradley. That's a problem. Like, you, that cannot be the case. And, like, shots were not falling for this team tonight beyond the arc. They only had nine threes. And like I said, two of them were from Maxie in, in, you know, garbage time. Seth Curry only having seven points. I know he's coming back from, you know, COVID and everything. That's rough um, for a starting lineup. Danny Green only having six points is very rough. Shake only having 10 points. Matisse having two points in 20 minutes is very tough. Uh, and then just wasted 15 minutes of Isaiah Joe and Terrence Ferguson combined 15 minutes between the two of them and zero points across the board. Like, yeah, that's, that's the big issue with this team. And it's, and it's something I notice a lot. And I know doc doc has mentioned it before when either if it was his introductory press conference or in a um, post game interview or pre game interview, it's just like, there's runs with this team where, they can play the Boston Celtics and shots will just dime, like dime, 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 three pointers, mid range jumpers, free throws. And then there's a good stretch of games where, or like there's one game in the middle of nowhere where shots just magically just don't fall. And I get that. That's basketball. That's how the game works. You can play the same mechanics, but sometimes you're going to miss. But it's just, I feel like this is a very common thing with this team. I don't know how other teams are playing. And if they're in the same boat as the Sixers, but it's just like you have to make like Doc said, like if you're not good offensively, you have to at least make it up for on the defensive end. If it's a low scoring game, like you should still be able to win the game on your defense if you're not getting shots. Or the nights that they're do they are getting shots, they're getting 120 points a game almost. And that's awesome to say because I feel like we haven't had many of those games within the past few years with Brett Brown where they're either in the 80s or 90s and it's like a two-point game and we either win it or we either lose it and it's like a buzzer beater like it's just like you should be able to make up for it when you don't have those offensive nights because not everybody's going to be like that like you have to get your defense in line especially for teams like I said are inferior that these top teams should be able to easily beat and just say moving on Exactly. And I mean, when this team's biggest spark tonight was Mike Scott, who wasn't even playing, comes, you know, off the bench and is ready to scrap in a, a team polo because Josh Jackson's an absolute buffoon uh, out on the court calling Ben Simmons a bitch. Uh, newsflash, pal. Don't know if you heard. Uh, there are no bitches on this team per Mike Scott, and he was ready to knock your head off. Yeah, typical uh, Detroit Piston. Um... He's trying to be one of the bad boy Pistons from the early 2000s, and um, it kind of didn't work out in his favor because he ended up getting a tech, and he ended up getting ejected, and he ended up getting a flagrant foul, also an offensive foul. So I kind of am like, that's on you because like, what he, an he, he deserved that. What an absolute I mean, nimrod. It's just very – it was very funny. Because I was watching the broadcast and I was listening to uh, Zoom Off and uh, Abdin Abbey. And he, they were like, well, we heard Scott, but they don't know if it was Mike Scott or like they didn't they didn't know who it was. But then they ended up getting the word and it was like 
Mike Scott. And then when the video came up five minutes later, he just walked up to him and him and Joel in their street clothes were about to start scrapping on Josh Jackson <laughs> and the Detroit Pistons. Like it was them versus the world. I mean, they probably would have won that fight and they probably would have all ran away the Pistons back into the locker room. Cause that's what Josh Jackson did. Gone. Ben Simmons that and then ended up offensive fouling him and then throwing the ball like a wuss, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess he watched the AFC Championship game with Josh Allen throwing the ball at one of the Chiefs players, which that was warranted. <laughs> Definitely. But, uh, I mean, Mike Scott getting ready to scrap when he's not even active, he's injured. That should not be the, the one moment of spark that this team has when Joel Embiid's not in a game. Um, so they need, to, they need to get it together quick because, I mean, this first half of the season is quickly starting to, you know, fold up and, and get ready to be, you know, over with. They need to rack up as many wins as possible, especially, you know, over this next stretch where they have so many road games. They need to start putting together some wins on the road if they really want to, you know, build their lead as the number one seed in the East. Yeah, definitely with these games in the first half of the season and this first stretch of games before, you know, the whatever the tentative all-star game, the all-star date weekend and the potential all-star game that, uh, that news broke today that's possibly in the works in March. But these games, I think, are going to matter more than the ones in the second half, even though that in the second half they're going to be facing the Bucks and, you know, more of the top teams in the East. So, um, but getting their feet in the water this time around with the Heat, who when we played them were very depleted. They had eight players. Uh, we played the Nets once, and we're going to play them again. We just played a series with Boston without Jason Tatum. Um, and in the Nets game, we still have yet to play with Kyrie Irving and James Harden, um, even though they have a depleted bench now. But it's just like these, like this first half playing what could be your semifinals and your conference final games uh, in the playoffs. It's like you got to show them who you are now, because as of right now, your team, the way that it's rostered is should be better than their team because a you play defense better, and B, you have a better bench strength than they do, especially Brooklyn after the trade for Harden, losing Karis LeVert, uh, Prince, you lost Allen. Like, and you like you have to make up for that. Now, can something change come the trade deadline? A Bradley Beal that's in the talk, possibly, Zach Levine. But the thing is, like, what – are we going to have to give up for that? Mm-hmm. Is it just going to be draft compensation? Is it going to be a player? Is it going to be Ben Simmons? Because as of right, I mean, the only players that I don't see moving are Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, me, since he's been playing well. At the beginning of the season, I was like, maybe he can move. But he's been playing almost 20 points per game, and he's mm-hmm. really become Clippers Tobias. You're never getting rid of Embiid. Never get rid of him. Whoever said that at the beginning of the season deserves to uh, get kicked to the moon. Throw him to the gulag. Exactly. Probably WIP. (laughs) Um, um, But, like, I mean, you could probably move Danny. You could probably move Tease. I mean, I know you like Mike. You don't want to get rid of Mike. Yeah, I mean, I Um, think Danny Green of, like, all the big-name guys, you know, money-wise and everything to move – he seems very like likely if it is something big because he's an expiring contract. Right. And the thing is I've liked him playing like in a recent stretch of games, not tonight. He's been absolutely not playing well, but like playing like Toronto, Danny, like he's really getting, he's really starting to be a leader. He's already been a leader, but he's starting to play confidently. He's getting knocking down shots. And at the very beginning, we were like, man, is this man worth it? Mm-hmm. I mean, we got rid of Horford, so of course it was. But like, Yeah, I love Danny school- Green. I love Danny. So it's it's definitely going to be an interesting run here over the next month, I'd say, with you know the next 10 games or so. Um, but they, they need to figure it out on the road for sure. That way we have more positive Unplugged Shot Clock episodes over on Instagram with you rather than negatives. Uh, make sure you're checking Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Our Instagram page at Underground PHI for every episode of Unplugged Shot Clock featuring my man Richie. But 
Richie, the, the team across the way at Lincoln Financial Field, the Eagles, they're starting to piece together this coaching staff. They have a head coach. It's Nick Sirianni, former uh, Colts offensive coordinator. He's, he's spent time with the Chargers and the Chiefs in his NFL career, and he's starting to put his coaching staff together as well. Uh, positive news, Jeff Stoutland is staying as the offensive line coach. Jonathan Gannon is coming over to be the defensive coordinator, taking over for Jim Schwartz. He was the Colts' defensive backs coach. And, I mean, if anybody can fix Xavier Rhodes, you have a plus in my book, and he did just that with the Colts this year. So we'll see what he can do with this Eagles secondary. Uh, We've got Kevin Petullo coming over as the pass game coordinator, which means sayonara press Taylor. He's gone. Get him out. That is like the one thing that I was waiting for is to get Press Taylor the hell out of here. He's just a poison to this team and has done no good for them whatsoever. Uh, he was just like a Carson Wentz confidant. I, I can't tell you one positive thing Press Taylor has done. He's out of here. Say la vie. Hasta la vista. Bye bye Press Taylor. And then uh, the offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen. Steichen. He is... Uh, He's coming over from the Chargers, spent time with uh, Sirianni when they were with the Chargers. So other than these coaches all looking like the same human uh, and looking like a, a frat house, essentially, or just the they look like the progression of like a president aging in office. Um, I'm going to I'm going to show you the, these side by sides here because it, it really looks like a president who is aged in office the way that they uh, line up here. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of happy with the way this coaching staff's coming together. Unfortunately, Deuce Daly uh, did ask to be released from his contract, and he's heading to uh, Detroit to be with uh, kneecap chomp and Dan Campbell. I'm very optimistic about this coaching staff so far. Um, you have a guy in Sirianni who just worked with Frank Reich for – I believe it was two seasons and they have somewhat of a really good offensive game. I mean, they've really made uh Phillip rivers thrive this season and they got into the playoffs and they almost beat the Buffalo bills in the wild card. And then you're going to add on an offensive coordinator from the chargers who, by the way, just worked for potential rookie of the year, Justin Herbert and was one of the top uh, teams in passing yards. And they were really able to make, Herbert thrived in his rookie year. And then you have a guy um, coming from the Colts who worked with one of the, if one of, if not the best defenses in the NFL last season. Um, so I think right now that's a good melting pot. It sucks that Deuce had to leave. And I'm, I'm sorry for his situation, but I'm excited for what he can do with the running backs in Detroit, and Detroit is going to be an interesting talk of the town um, coming into this coming season with the quarterbacks and the players that are leaving and coming. This is going to be really fun, but with the Eagles, it's going to be very optimistic to see what this core of coaches, A, if, well, we got to still decide, is Carson Wentz going to be in Philly come next season? And B, if he's not in Philly, how are these three gentlemen, rather, because you have your head coach who's offensive, offensive coordinator, passing coordinator, how are they going to elevate Jalen Hurts, who is already a really good quarterback? He can sling the ball. He can run. Um, how they can grow those quarterbacks, one or the other, or both, because we still don't know what the Carson Wentz situation looks like. But it's going to be really interesting. And then to see what um, other coaches he adds um, with coordinators and the defensive coaches adding up. Um, Jeff coming back for the offensive line is a big help. He was going to leave us for Alabama, but then we like hog tied him back to Philly. Was, so he's not was going. was totally a ploy so that he got a raise, in my opinion, because <laughs> Doug Marone agreed to that contract so quickly. I feel like Jeff Stoutland used his Alabama ties, whatever those may be to have Nick Saban, like boost his salary for next year. Definitely. 
And it's going to be, and going from him, who was an excellent offensive line coach, and uh, Sirianni, who just came out of a really good offensive line, and the Colts, who was probably by far the best in the league. I mean, the Eagles probably could have had the best offensive line in the league, given that Brandon Brooks was out for the season with his Achilles. Uh, you had Lane Johnson in and out of games because of his ankle, who which he finally fixed. Um, Jason Kelsey, who we don't even know if he's going to be back. Um, the way that he was looking in the last game, it's very suspicious. Um, Sunilo, I think because... I think because Stoutland is back, Kelsey will be here for at least one more year. Yeah, he. I mean, he's been signing those one-year contracts anyway with within the past like few years that he's been there. Um, but it's going to be a fun situation, I think. And it's looking very optimistic. I'm now getting excited for the Eagles. I wasn't when they when they fired Doug Peterson. We thought, me and you, you know, we've had conversations that other people should have lost their jobs than Doug Peterson. <laughs> Howie Roseman. <laughs> uh, Still yeah. in that boat. Still in that boat, by the way, yeah. everybody. Like, Howie should not be here. Yeah. But we got a new coach. We got rid of Press Taylor. Unfortunately, we had to give up Deuce Stanley, um, who really could have really had a high chance of being the um, – coach of this team and a lot of players were lobbying for him you know Brandon Graham was um many many players but um there's optimism on my side of Eagles football and until they prove me otherwise and unless they start saying some dumb stuff then they got me going for right now yeah, I mean, I'm definitely optimistic. It's a young coaching staff, which is, you know, it's exciting because you don't know what they're going to bring to the table. Um, so that's definitely intriguing. And it's a lot of guys that know each other where obviously we won a Super Bowl with Doug and I will be forever in debt to Doug Peterson. But it was odd, you know, when they brought Doug in, they had already hired Jim Schwartz to be his defensive coordinator. Like they didn't let Doug pick his coaches. They didn't let Doug have like any say over a lot of things from the outside looking in. It seems to be that they're letting Nick Sirianni kind of piece his coaching staff together and, and pick guys that he wants to work with, which I think is a positive sign. I still don't trust that that weasel Howie Roseman uh, as far as I can throw him. And because he's very small, it seems like I could throw him pretty far. Um, but... <laughs> I don't know if you saw the – and I'm not bagging on the Eagles' social media team. They probably just needed to figure some things out to put content out. Did you find – did you see the, the post that they made with the phone call between Sirianni and Jeffrey Lurie? Yes. Was that just the weirdest thing you have seen from a, a head coaching hire? It seemed – it was like – I was like – are they hiring Nick Sirianni or did they just draft him in the third round of the NFL draft? It was the weirdest phone call. And like the way Lori was talking, I was like, this is so fabricated. And like, he's only doing this because there's a camera in front of him. Exactly. I mean, they didn't even show that camera view. If there was a camera, um, it's definitely, it definitely looked a little weird. I didn't think of draft vibes until you just said it. So thank you for painting that picture in my head. It definitely looks like a NFL draft um, phone call from the owner and general manager in the war room. Um, and it was just like, I feel like he called, asked them, and he was like, okay, so now we're going to do this. We're going to record the phone call and we're going to act like we're calling you for the first time. That's how I was like, I was like, why did they just do that? Because looking at other head coaches, like looking on social media, I didn't see any other organization or football teams rather post videos of their voice call congratulating a coach and asking him if he wanted the job. It's kind of something that you would see on draft night when you're yeah. drafting, you know, the number one overall pick or the first round picks, not a head coaching job. So I don't know what – the social media team was probably just like, here, post this because, you know, that's what they're – that's probably what they're told to do. to do. But it was kind of weird, definitely. And then everybody in there, like, how many people were in this room? Was it a Zoom call where people right. wearing masks? Like, 
It was just so strange. I was like, did they just draft him with like the the thirty fifth pick in the draft or something? Like, it, it, I'd never seen that done before, and it was just very strange to me. It's like, hey, this is uh owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, Jeffrey. Lord. Like, no shit, it's the owner of the Eagles. Like, oh, I'm just calling you on the fly. <laughs> like, no, like obviously yeah. you're calling for a reason. It's like. Of course, like Sirianni probably had your number saved into his phone, and he probably picked up the phone and probably said, "Jeffrey Lurie, in parentheses, Eagles owner." <laughs> like he's not, he's not gonna. It's not like the draft where you get a random phone number and you pick it up and you're just like in shock of who it is. Like yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs, like, <laughs> oh my goodness, and you're crying on camera because they have a camera in your house and you have a watch party, like. If there is that type of video, somebody please share that with us. If Absolutely. there was a video on the other side of Sirianni's phone call, <laughs> um, but they, but it's it was really weird. But I'm happy for Sirianni. I kind of wish that we kind of waited a little bit longer um, because there's a couple of good coordinators still out there. <clears throat> Eric Bieniemy, um, I kind of was kind of disappointed that they didn't wait like they kind of were saying anticipating that they were going to wait because Eric Bieniemy deserves a head coaching job um in the league whether if it's the only team left is the Houston Texans I kind of would like them on our side because he's an offensive like guru especially working with Big Red in Kansas City and they're about to go to another Super Bowl um but Sirianni I believe that he'll do great um, he never called plays, but so didn't, I believe Andy Reid didn't call plays and Doug Peterson didn't call plays. Um, so we're just going to have to see what happens, but it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. And I mean, but we got to figure out the quarterback first. Yeah. And they put the, the videos of him touring the Novacare complex up. Nick Sirianni is the biggest panderer ever. Cause he was like starstruck when he saw the painting of Sylvester Stallone in his Eagles Jersey from 2003 big rocky guy of course he is he's a paisan um and then he was just like so mind blown that like the eagles had training camp at the novacare complex like when he walked outside to the fields he was his jaw was like on the ground he was like you guys have training camp here i was like where else are they gonna have it of course like they used to have it at lehigh and everything but like of course they're gonna use a state-of-the-art complex for for training camp like come on pal um, did you did you see the tweet where um, somebody I forget who posted it again, but um, it was him touring the head coach's lock uh, head coach's office, and somebody retweeted it and they quoted tweeted it and they said um, there were five gallons of ice cream left in the fridge when he got there, <laughs> like trying to make a trying to make a little like a little jest uh, or kind of like a like a little joke because Doug Peterson you know he gave the players ice cream and everything so it was like kind of like a trying to make a trying to make us feel bad but then it's also like that's it's also very funny <laughs> um so yeah nick sirianni's coaching staff is coming together hopefully we'll we'll have more and you know super bowl big red and a lot of eagles connections in this super bowl between andy reed um and steve spagnolo eric Bieniemy, all former eagles a uh, bunch of you know former Eagles on the practice squad for the Chiefs as well. Prince Tegawanago, uh, their draft pick from this year, is on the Chiefs practice squad. And uh, a couple other players as well, I believe. And then on the Buccaneers side of things, you have Todd Bowles as the defensive coordinator. You have LaShawn McCoy. So there are a lot of uh, Eagles connections. And I also find it hilarious that LaShawn McCoy is on the Buccaneers and has a chance to go back-to-back as a Super Bowl champion without like lifting a finger because he's never active for these games. Yeah, he, he. I believe he played like one game. Was it one? I think he might have played against the Chiefs, but he. It's been. I think he might have played when like Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette were out, and that was like at one point early on in the season when both were hurt, I believe. But yeah, he hasn't done anything. But I mean, I'm still happy for him. He did get one championship. I was hoping that he would. Um, but if he gets to do it again with the greatest of all time uh, with Tom Brady and it's a home Super Bowl for them, then it's another reason to be proud. Yeah. Super Bowl is set. It's going to be the Buccaneers and the chiefs. Um, Very nice of the NFL to throw us a celebration party for 
our three-year anniversary being the Super Bowl. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. I mean, we didn't get the invite down to Tampa, which was a little disappointing, but obviously COVID and very, very cool that they're having the 7,500 healthcare workers that are going to be in attendance and everything, but um, Super Bowl should be fun. We have a lot of things happening on Super Bowl Sunday as well, which is why you should be following us on social media at Underground PHI. Um, speaking of which, the anniversary coming up, you guys know each and every year we do our Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame balloting. Those ballots will go live on Wednesday right before our show on Wednesday night. So you guys will vote for uh, who you think deserves to be in our Hall of Fame from the past year. doesn't necessarily mean everybody from each team will get elected, but to put it into some context, over the past uh, you know couple of years, our Hall of Fame has consisted of a, a pretty decorated class, and uh, our inaugural class was uh, we had Gritty because he was revealed after our first year. We had the Eagles Super Bowl team. We had Joel Embiid's mask. We had Aaron Nola's Cy Young candidacy, Brian Dawkins, and Roy Halladay. Um, both go in because they were both into the actual Hall of Fame for their respective sports. And then last year, we had Harold Carmichael, Kobe Bryant, Mike Scott, Brandon Brooks, the uh, Behind the Glass training camp series with Elaine Vigneault dropping the iconic Be a Fucking Flyer, Bryce Harper's arrival, and then our first ever community award went to our boy Giovanni, host of Philly Sports with Giovanni on the Eagles Brawl Network, now doing an absolute rock star job of being a podcast host. Year three, we will have our, our balloting opened on Wednesday so you guys can vote, and then we will announce the winners and inductees the Monday after the Super Bowl, which should be a national holiday, in my opinion, moving forward. Uh, Joe Biden, let's let's get on that. Super Bowl Monday, the Monday after the Super Bowl, needs to be a holiday for everybody. Just, just needs to happen. Let's make that happen. Um, but we will have that you know, ready to rock and roll for you guys on, Monday, or on Wednesday before episode number 300. The fact that we are approaching 300 episodes of this pod is so silly. Um, but yeah, very excited. A lot of good stuff coming. And uh, we'll have another episode of Unplugged Shot Clock on Instagram for you guys in the morning. Recapping this loss to the Pistons. And uh, a lot of content coming out across all of our podcasts. We just had another episode of Marvel Mondays drop on the Streamer Season podcast feed. Breaking down the latest episode of WandaVision, which is an absolute banger of a show. You guys should definitely check that out. Myself, Dylan, and Harrison. The Outside the Box podcast is back, rocking and rolling. Interview, first interview ever with Boston Cannons, now Cannons Lacrosse Club head coach. His first interview since becoming head coach of Cannons Lacrosse Club. Sean Quirk is live on the OTB feed. And uh, we got a lot of stuff planned. There's a big announcement coming from the 4th and Goal boys uh, later this week, so stay tuned for that. And the way to stay up to date with all of it is to follow us on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. You can follow Richie on Twitter at RichieRiv23 because he's the GOAT like Michael Jordan. And uh, at UndergroundPHI, Twitter and Instagram to stay up to date with all things Underground Sports Philadelphia across all of our podcasts and everything in between. Check out the website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com for all of our written content. And of course... Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you feel about the Sixers when they play without Joel Embiid. Let us know how you feel about the Eagles head coaching hire and all of these assistant coach hires and everything in between. Anything going on with the Flyers, Phillies, and uh, just your opinions on everything. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too, and we know those standards are indeed five stars and Richie as we sit here recording this bad boy uh you know Monday night into Tuesday morning we currently sit at 275 five star ratings and reviews let's get up to 300 before Super Bowl Sunday let's make it happen you can also check us on Spotify 
Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Twitch.tv slash UndergroundSportsPHI so you can watch the show live with myself and Matt. And we'll be back live on Wednesday for episode number 300 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. That would not be possible without our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped, and Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Same promo code for all three websites. It's USP, Underground Sports Philadelphia. Very easy to remember. At TomahawkShades.com, you get 25% off your order with promo code USP at checkout. Manscaped.com, promo code USP for 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will also thank you for using our promo code. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka on the one-liter bottles at StatesideVodka.com. You get 10% off that bad boy with our promo code USP. Must be 21 or older to order. And always, please drink responsibly. Any final thoughts, Richie? Nope. The Sixers just got to keep on doing what they've been used to doing. Again, they were nine, they're nine and zero when they have their starters. They just got to keep on having those starters healthy. And B just needs to be in there doing his thing. And the Sixers can go a long way if he's playing. And they're all doing their thing. Absolutely. My final thought, uh, as you guys are listening to this on Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, whatever it may be, can't believe it's already been a year since. Uh, Kobe Bryant has left us, so T's and P's, and, mm-hmm. and shout out to Kobe and uh, his family, because uh, certainly has not been the same since Kobe left us. So, shout out to Kobe Bryant, an absolute legend from Lower Marion High School, and uh, yeah, we'll it, we'll be back. Like I said, Wednesday night, twitchtv PHI with the main pod at 7 p.m. Eastern time, followed by Steven Schneider doing the damn thing as a professional golfer on PGA Tour right after on the channel. So hit the follow button on Twitch to know when we go live. And uh, this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 299. For Richie, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace. Peace.